listening to a Kink in the Chain podcast. podcast. I'm your host, Rope Squirrel. This episode is a little different than most of our episodes. We actually were at Colorado Leatherfest in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and we set up our booth and we welcomed people to come and sit down and just have a talk with us, talk about whatever it is they wanted to talk about, how they got into the lifestyle, their favorite leather stories, whatever it might be. And we got a few people to sit down with us. Honestly, it was a lot of fun, and we were planning on doing this at other events. There is discussion about doing it at Beyond Vanilla in Dallas, but nothing has been honestly 100% confirmed yet. But if you would like us to come to your event and interview people about their leather stories, let us know. We'd be happy to discuss it. Again, our email is podcast at kinkinthechain.com. And I hope you enjoy this very special episode of Kink in the Chain. All right, so we are here on Sunday at Colorado Leather Fest with Daddy Jin. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. A little tired, but it's been a good weekend. It's been a very long weekend. That was. <laughs> did Did you stay all night for the uh, event last night? Yes. So the yeah the. Uh, I had to get out of the full rubber at a certain point. I was like, I'm I'm overheating. I gotta go. <laughs> I be, I can believe that. What, I don't think we got done till like what one thirty or something like that. Yeah. It was it was pretty late. Yeah. So I hear you wanted to talk to me about like your first leather experience. Yeah. Uh, well, it's more how I came to leather because, um, and I suspect it's not uncommon. Um, I've known since I was fourteen that my tendencies headed in this direction. Um, but I avoided it for literal decades um, because, you know, in my childhood, I literally watched my father be an abusive prick. And so when I felt those desires come up inside of me, I was like, oh, shit, I am the monster that he was. Um, and spent decades denying my own pleasures, basically. But uh, I happened to meet this very special boy, a brat. Of course, it was a brat. Um and he sort of saw that in me, and he sort of helped teach me, you know, why consent matters. And more importantly, he pushed me at an event similar to this one. It was my very first one, SPLF, I believe is the acronyms. Forgive me, still very new to this. South um, Plains Leather Fest? Yeah, yeah, South Plains. Um, he wanted me to flog him in public, and I was terrified. I was like, I've been out at this for a year. There are people in there with bull whips and... You know, all sorts of other stuff going on. I'm going to make a fool of myself. Uh, but, of course, he bratted and bratted and bratted. And I ended up putting him up on the cross. And the rest of the world just kind of fell away. Like, I just, I didn't realize there were people there anymore. It was just him and me. And it became this really intimate thing. Um, and one of the few times he didn't ever have to sort of brat me into going harder. And... <laughs> I had this moment of awareness and that that clarity of the connection between the two of us. I always used to tell him that I was afraid that he wouldn't flag red if he needed to, that he would just endure what I was giving him, and that in my mind that would make me an abuser. 
But I realized in that moment, in that really weird moment, it wasn't him that I didn't trust. It was me. I was afraid that if I heard him call Red, I wouldn't stop. And he thankfully, you know, got me past that hurdle. I now understand I am nothing like my father. And that part of the reason I use the moniker Daddy rather than Sir or Master is that there is a huge component of loving and building somebody up. And that, yes, it is absolutely fun to break a boy, but it's just as much fun to put them back together. Yes. Yeah, so that was how I sort of, at, you know, what, I was 48 at the time? Because, yeah, I, I literally, I opened the doors, and I'm like, this is amazing, and then COVID happened. And I'm like, and now I'm in my house for two years. <laughs> Time to build a dungeon. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Uh, we moved to Colorado, and I told the husband, I was like, you get snow, I get the dungeon in the basement. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's how I sort of came to this, and uh, kind of wish that I'd had that realization much earlier. There's a lot of fun that I could have been having many years ago. But, you know what? Make it up for lost time. You know, I, I, I can understand that. I... Um... While I didn't have necessarily the abusive uh, father relationship that you did, um, when I first went to co uh, got into college a very long time ago, I started looking around and thinking, and I, I can't believe I thought this, that I am the only one on this whole planet who wants to tie up people and beat them. And I'm like, I got to be nuts. I got to be like, n this is not normal. And then I found a website called Collar Me at the time. <laughs> and uh, hey, wait, there's a meetup in my local city? Oh, okay, it's at a bar, but all right, whatever. I went and rest, rest of the, well I was a timid little mouse I I sat in the so the, there was a big table in the center and then they had little booths around it I sat in the booths I ordered a plate of fries I'm a poor college student and I was I sat there for three months waiting until finally a top came over grabbed me dragged me to the table and said you've been sitting here for three months get to the darn table and then they took me to a play party that night so <laughs> and now and now 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 I run a con and <laughs> present and all this other stuff so um, I can, but I can understand the not wanting to. I mean, because again, I thought I was sick in the head. I thought I was, this can't be normal. Like, and now I'm surrounded by people who do this for fun. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> do many things for fun, don't we, puppy? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I love brats uh, because I get to go a little bit harder sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I, uh, I actually think that's a really key component that doesn't get talked about a lot in leather. Is that you know it's not just you know the the dominant personality pushing the submissive one past their boundaries. You know I needed that brat. I absolutely needed him to push me past because I was constantly pulling back. And he's like, I can see it in your eyes. Like he's like, I know you want to go harder, and you're not doing it. You know, fucking hit me. <laughs> That's what we have safe words for. And... Right. But yeah, and until I had that moment where I realized I was afraid. I wouldn't listen to the safe word, not that he wouldn't use it. I was, the safe word didn't matter because I didn't trust that moment. You know what I mean? So, but I learned, and now I'm having all kinds of kinky fun. Yay! <laughs> I may be 50, but it ain't over yet. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing your, your first leather experience, and uh, thank you very much. Well, I love that you guys are here doing this. I... I, again, as I told you, I think oral history is very important. It is. Um, we've lost a lot uh, over the decades. So recording this kind of stuff is awesome. So thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for sitting down with me. No worries. So it's Sunday.
And I'm here with Cheeky Cherub, one of our presenters. How are you doing today? I'm great. I think I got a little more rest than a lot of people, so... <laughs> oh, did you? Did you sneak out early? I snuck out early. Mm. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I hear you. I was here till the, till the bitter end. And I heard that was quite late. <laughs> it was, in, in retrospect. Um, it, was, it was very, very late. So, what did you... I guess uh, I heard that you wanted to talk about uh, an absence of boot blacks in the community? Yes, yes. I, I know Colorado has a couple boot blacks, and I know Alaska is really big on their boot blacks. We have a few other states, but I know the state that I'm from, Indiana... As far as I know, actively, to my knowledge, there are two bootlegs. Me in Indianapolis and one down in Evansville. And we need more bootlegs. Leather is still going, and we need people to take care of our leather. And I would like to challenge any bootlegs to get, like, get some more bootlegs. Let's get some more. For sure. We can't exactly have our title holders walk around with scraps of leather as vests, right? You know, correct, correct. Or it's, all, it's all decaying, and it's like, uh, that'd, well, that'd be an interesting title, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Decayed Leather, Indiana, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But no, we definitely need boot blacks. We, um, I, I personally enjoy getting my leathers blacked. It's a skill that I do not possess. I am in the technical realm, so I deal with that and let you all... Lick your hubbards, which admittedly was a little odd when I saw people doing that, but apparently you can do that. You can. Hubbards is great for licking. It's great for lube, from what I understand, but it is not condom safe, so do not use it with condoms. So don't use it as a lubricant. Okay. You, you can use it as a lubricant if you're not using condom if you're flood bonded, or if you're using toys or something that you are flood bonded with, but yeah, highly recommended not to use it with condoms. Um, so... So the bigger question, I think, would be, why do, why do we think that uh, the boot-blacking community is diminishing? What is the root cause? I, in Indiana, I don't know. I know there is a, a smaller community of leather, um, so lack of leather. Uh, I feel like it's dying out. I see it dying out, at least in some areas, and it's saddening. And I think the boot-blacks... If people are interested, they should try it. It's really not that difficult to do. It's soap, a brush, some water, some leather, and some different conditioners and polishes. It's very, it's a skill that's very easily learned. And a lot of time and dedication to the individual sitting at your boot black stand. Yes, and it's a service that top or bottoms do. I've seen masters do boot blacking, so it's not just for bottoms, submissive, or slaves. For sure. So I guess, obviously, we, we talked about how Colorado has a big boot black community. Um, I, I know that we, we usually have a, tie, a contestant every year. We didn't have one this year, but we usually do. You said Alaska has a pretty big community. Yes. Uh, I do know that, at least when I've been to California, they've got a big community. California, I think Texas. Texas seems to have a pretty good and a pretty large leather community. I don't remember if Florida does or not. I'll be there next weekend, so I'll, 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 check, it I'll check it out and make sure. Yes. I vaguely recall they did, though. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it, it, to be honest, it's not even just boot blacks in general. I, it, I'm not saying that the leather community is dying. I think it's still going pretty darn strong. That's great to hear. But 
I mean, I do notice that we get less and less title holders every year. Um, it does seem that at least, I hate to say them damn kids, but uh, the young, younger generation doesn't quite appreciate it quite as much, but I can understand that to we some point. We need fresh blood. <laughs> we do. We need fresh blood. <laughs> I'm constantly trying to encourage young people to run for titles and things of that nature, because without that, we're... I'm not, just not. I mean, the titles aren't is, are not what's going to keep our community alive, but it definitely is not is a thing we need to keep alive. Title holders are a great representation of our community, and we need the people to do that. We need them to not be afraid or intimidated, and we need our elders to share their knowledge with the younger group. Yes, we do. I've heard a few young people say that they've had a hard time, you know getting information so let's get that information out there and i i i have had a number of even volunteers around here today this weekend going hey what's leather what does it mean to be leather and i have to go oh that's something you should probably know if you're at a leather con let me explain it because i'm very you know i want you to understand what it is you're doing or the other thing I hear, some, some of the youngins wanted to come, and they're like, well, but I don't own any leather. I was like, you don't have to own leather. Do you have a leather heart, is what I always say. Exactly. Somebody asked me last night, how long do I have to be in leather to have a leather vest? I'm like, when you want your vest, go buy it. You don't have to wait. And that, that's my opinion. I know True. everybody is of different opinion. But if you want that leather vest, go, go get it. And then earn a patch. I'm currently in talks with one of my play partners, and she approached me and said, I want to earn my leather vest. And that was hard for me because I had to go, okay, so what is it that you want? Like, are we going to go traditional gay leather rules and, you know, whoever can suck the most dick gets the, the vest? Or, uh, which, uh, this person's asexual. So that probably wouldn't work too well for them. Um, and, and that isn't something I would want from them anyway. But it's, a. so I had to ask them, so what is it you want? What, what? would make you, it doesn't have to even be kink. Do you want to climb the highest mountain? Do you want to teach your first class? Do you want to, I don't know, get a volunteer job and work X number of hours at something? What is it that, I want the vest to mean something to you. It doesn't really, it doesn't really mean much to me other than the fact that I gave it to you. I want it to mean that you want to wear it with pride. I earned my first vest. I didn't earn my pants, but I wanted to and, and then we still need those, those maybe maybe that should be the thing. Once you become a boot black, you'll earn your first vest. How about that, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe that's what they want to do, so we can get more boot blacks in the community. Yeah. I think definitely um, it, it kind of it does go both ways. If you want to earn it, then earn it. If you, if you want that vest, this was a, he was a top. Like, go, go get your vest. Then earn the patch that goes on it if you want to have a patch to one of the local clubs or a title patch. Yeah. And, yeah, I think... I, it is sad that we're that boot blacking isn't as popular as it used to be. And, I mean, admittedly, we do have dedicated people in every state, yourself included, that are trying to keep the tradition alive. And I'm sure that when you go to... Con, you have cons in your state, I'm sure, right? We did. Oh. I haven't seen any come up of late, but... I'm hoping that that changes this year. I know some of the contests have new owners, so I'm hoping we see contests in Indiana this year, but it may be next year just for people to get everything together. And... Well, I'm sure that when you go there, you're the head in charge of the boot blacking stations and probably pick up the most shifts, I'm sure. I try to. I try to. <laughs> I think, yeah, last, in our, in our club, 
there have been a couple people finally boot blacking, but I've had the chair for a while on my own. <laughs> and what did you teach this weekend here at CLF? Um, this weekend I taught basic leather care, and I taught um, kink with disabilities. Very nice. So, and it's been a wonderful, wonderful contest. I can't say enough how great this has been to come. Well, we were we were very glad to have you, and you. Um, hopefully you may have inspired a few boot blacks in your scene. I know we had another one of building a boot black scene from someone. Yes, that would have been Becky. Okay. Um, boot black Becky, and she's from Wisconsin. And I think she's two boot blacks out of Wisconsin, two, one of two boot blacks out, out, out of there. So she and I were talking about the same subject. We need more boot blacks. <laughs> So for the last thing I wanted to talk about, yes. what is what does boot blacking mean to you? What is the most important thing about it for you? The most important thing about it for me is the service and knowing that I have provided something to somebody, I've given them something. And yesterday I did a woman's boots who the boots were twenty plus years and they've never been boot black. And these boots had been to Polson, and they had been to, you know, California and Las Vegas. And I had the pleasure and the honor of doing them. So sometimes you get that honor of showing that person the difference of a boot that has been boot blacked and their old boot next to each other. And it's, it's amazing to see the difference. And that just, that's what does it for me. And so if somebody wanted to ask you questions about boot blacking or figure out how they could get into boot blacking, where could they find you on the interwebs? I am on FetLife as Cheeky Cherub, C-H-E-E-K-Y-C-H-E-R-U-B. And I am on Facebook as Kathy A. Haynes. And I also have an Instagram of Fat Girl Frolic. So I have a couple of ways to get in touch with me. Plenty of places. Well, I really do appreciate you sitting down with me today, and uh, yeah, let's, uh, if, if you're a boot black out there looking to get some pointers or just want to give it a try, um, honestly, it, I've done it myself. Uh, I, it, I usually am, <laughs> my listeners, I'm usually very busy at conventions that I can't usually sit down, but um, I do enjoy, I, I've done it before, and it is, if you've never, if you have leather and you haven't sat in a boot black chair, that is a uh, that can be a central experience in and of itself with the right boot black. Exactly, exactly. I have had both um, very hot women and very hot men rubbing all over me, uh, putting the, uh, the, the the I would call it the black, but the cleaning products on their own leathers and then rubbing up and down on me, and it's just like mm, or tongues, tongues. <laughs> we and, like the lick a lot. <laughs> or I've I've had I've have done seen a naked boot black scene before and done one uh, where they they cover their they put it on their own body and then just rub on you and it's like you know I, okay efficiency wise maybe not the most efficient but yeah. sensual wise yeah yes there's a lot more to it than just cleaning boots <laughs> exactly well thank you for sitting down with me today i appreciate it thank you and you have a wonderful rest of your con you too so my listeners i'm here with alice she's our mc for the weekend how are you doing today Doing good. I got some good rest last night and got some food in me. I'm hungry again, but I've got food in me and I, I'm enjoying the weekend. 
So not, not doing the traditional con snacks of just, you know, sandwiches or chips or... That's what I had for breakfast because the restaurant's not open, so I did have a chicken salad sandwich for breakfast, but I'm good to go right now. Um, so what brought you to us this weekend? What have you really liked about what we've been doing? <laughs> Do you have any fun stories? Well, I can tell you the story that got me here this weekend. Okay. Um, I'm from Dallas. And I've been leather for a little over four years, and uh, came to leather late in my life. And my community thinks they're funny, and they actually gave me an orange vest, which is of course not our traditional kind of color in the leather community. That is not. But that's what I fly. So if you know the hanky code, you know oranges. If you don't know, Google hanky code, and it will tell you a lot about me. Um, and I was wearing it at a conference, and your producer here, who's a boot black, saw it and had to get her hands on that piece of leather in me, and I don't know which was better. I, it started with the leather. Um, I don't dabble, or so I've been told. So when I showed up to be blacked for the first time in this piece of leather, boots, briefs, and the best is all I had on. And we had a awesome boot blacking scene because boot blacking for me is a very sensual, exciting experience. The kinks I'm into of rough body and control. Uh, normally, a lot of times when you're with the boot black, they're in charge. Mm -hmm. I, I don't play that way generally. And I have a lot of fun with the boot black. In or out of the stand, it really doesn't matter. We had a great time. So uh, when we were at SPLF, um, Shelly asked me to come and be here as your MC. And I was like, I don't have a title. I'm not in your community. Why? And she goes, you have a great dyke strut. <laughs> and so I ended up in Colorado this weekend, and I am having an absolute blast. I'm getting to reconnect with people that I know from the West Coast and here locally. People I'm really close to, and I'm meeting a whole bunch of great new people, which I'm absolutely loving. And some of the folks I'm getting to meet are only folks I've met on Zoom during the pandemic, so that's been great, too. That's great. And this is your first time emceeing, is that correct? Yes, it is my first time to emcee. And, so, and how, how, how's that going? Um... Well, you tell me. You were there last night. How'd it go? You did very, very well. I think you, uh, I know they threw some, some curveballs your way with some of the sound design, but you uh, you took it like a champ and, and Yeah, I mean, they kept playing the stripper music, and I mean, you know, when you hear stripper music, what are you going to do? Dance. Um, yeah, and I also, you know, I'm not going to say it was a mistake to get my room number out last night, but I did have a knock on my door this morning. It, you know, 7.30, and there was a lovely woman outside my door who needed something, so I brought her in my room and gave her exactly what she needed, and she didn't want to know if I, you know, was hydrated and all those kind of things, so, uh, yeah, you don't want to know what she wanted. I what, know you want to know. What did she want to know? Or what did she want? A blow dryer. Oh. You're getting a preview of what's going to be in the show tonight, so don't tell anybody oh. else, because that's the punchline. Well, the so, good news is this won't go live until uh, probably three weeks from now. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, um, you know, I didn't 
I'm, I, I have a military background. I was in the military before you were born. Probably, yes. Um, and I am a widowed great-grandmother. I, was, I just had my seventh great-grandchild last night. And I never would have thought that I would be sitting with here today having this conversation. Because leather was not something that was on my radar. Like a lot of people, I knew I was... I was different. I wasn't standard vanilla, but I had a very successful marriage, and when I became a widow, I knew there was something out there for me, and I ended up, you know, on FetLife and in a dungeon, and I started discovering myself, and I'm very fortunate that, you know, where I'm from in Dallas at the time, leather was really strong within our community, in the dungeon scene. They're very strong outside of it. Um, they're very strong outside of it, but they were also strong in the dungeon scene. And I found met a lot of really great people, and they were very kind and gentle with me and saying, "Is this something you want to do?" And I waited an entire year before I stepped out and claimed my leather and started this journey that's changed my life. And the reason I say it changed my life was, you know, in my late 50s and now 60 years old, I finally found my authentic self. My authentic, queer, polyamorous, sadistic, leather woman self. And I get to walk my journey every day in a sense of authenticity and power that I didn't know how to claim in the vanilla world. Because there's always going to be somebody that's going to tell you what you should be doing or what you shouldn't be doing. But here they're like, if this is who you are and you're not being, you know, a dick and you're bringing something to the table, then you, there's all kinds of opportunities within leather to find your family, your tribe, your best friend. You know, your masochist to your sadist, your slave to your master. You know, there, and we're human. We judge, but that doesn't mean we don't make a space. And, and we always we hold each other accountable to do better. Mm-hmm. You know, and to me, that's one of the most important things. My word of the year is strive, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have some really very sane, and we're crazy people, um, tenets that pretty generally a lot of us follow of you know service and integrity and duty and honor and respect for each other. That we're imperfect people and we don't always do it the prettiest way. But you have to be pretty. You have to be a double down. I'm not going to do better type of person to really get put to the side and, and even if you do that if you're not in any position of responsibility you can get away with the whole lot. But those of us who bought in, right, you can find some of the smartest, kindest, you know, people in this community that, you know, can help you to really grow, gain knowledge. There's, you know, 
if you're into you know, Comic Cons, or you're into, you go to a church, or you're a member, you play golf, right? Those are all things you're going to have to interact with people, and you're going to learn and practice the same way you do. But for he, here, for me, for leather, we have tags, but we also have, we don't have one true way. There's no love the sinner, hate the sin. It's love the sinner and make sure the sinner is sinning safely and or in a risk-aware manner. Because whatever you're into, that's totally fine until you get right to my nose, because if you want me to do it, I've got to consent to that, and I've got to be part of it. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, emceeing a contest, or running for a contest, or teaching a class, or showing up and attending a class, or vending, as we're sitting in the vending area. You know, we have a plethora of different things and different ways it presents. And your kink doesn't have to be my kink. Yeah, that's okay. And your values, the way you practice your values within the leather community, don't have to actually match mine. But we've got to have some respect for each other in the way they do it and listen to each other. And help each other be more risk aware because if I want to do something really you know, messed up, you may have experience with that. My tip of the day, if you're going to pound somebody's head in rice that you pissed in, put something in their ears because the rice might get stuck and they're going to end up in the urgent care and you really don't want that. So no. that's my piece of advice for everybody today. Words to live by. Words to live by. <laughs> um, and I love it. And I smile every day. I get up. I'm really shocked the bootleg has not gotten a hold of me because my leather needs some love so badly today. We take care of each other. I was sitting in today listening to contestants questioning, and uh, I had a beautiful blue black sitting next to me, and someone came in and handed a, just a chapstick that they needed. And they're like, yeah, I need to be callous. You guys just take care of things. And I was like, we take care of each other. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, wow, this is great. And I just looked over and said, no, this is leather shit. If you need a glass of water, people are going to come and ask you to do things, but people are also going to offer to take care of things for you. That was one of the hardest things to learn in this community, was to accept service and not do it all yourself. You're giving me chills here, so. <laughs> well, but you think it, it really is true. It's, you can't lead unless you can serve. But there are people that are truly designed and want to serve and want to take care of things and empowering them to be able to do that means we can all do more and we don't get burned out and we can live this life in the 24-7 we want to. Or where it meets, because we've got to take care of our families. We've got to take care of the bills. But there is a way to do this and just strive to do better and to make it part of our lives because it's more about not just the cool leather, which is really fucking cool, or the latex, or the puppy and pony masks, or the little furry tails, and the you know, kitten ears, all that stuff is awesome. But there's so much more about it where you can 
you know, we had a member of our community die last December, and his family didn't know about leather. But when he passed away, the first people there were leather people. And when his mom, yeah, when his parents went in his room, he took care of his elderly parents, and they saw everything, they were like, we want to honor our child. They were like, just wanted to hear the stories. Literally turned that funeral into a leather funeral. All at the front was all leather, all at the back was all their friends that they go to church with. And afterwards, they went to dinner and they were like, we want to know, tell us a story. Tell us about this person. And, you know, they didn't understand. But they honored me. It's, it's, if you live this life, if you come to leather, it's fine to be kinky. It's fine to be, that's what we call the weekend warriors. It's kind fine to be kinky in your bedroom. It's fine to do it. When you come to leather, not only do you learn about consent within play and sexual relations and how to do that in a risk where safe place, but you learn how to get into all the parts of your life <laughs> and how to have you can't I'm not saying this can happen for everybody. You can really have a more deep, meaningful connection with people. It's it's a clarity of being able to have this conversation. And we start out with the basics of we're going to respect you. The trust gets built. But we're going to start out with the respect. And if you walk in and you want to learn, you want to grow, you want to ask questions. I have not met anybody in the leather community, whether they're a you know 30-year veteran with books and you know all this stuff, and they run conferences, or the new uh, new young person just coming in, or older person like me. I didn't come into my late 50s that people won't talk to, share time with, answer questions. And there is very little of don't you know who I am. Because everybody has the opportunity, whether they take it or not, and how they use it's on them to be somebody in leather. And that's what I love about it. I can can relate to that a great deal. I'll say this differently because this is going to a different place, but um, a very long time ago, I want to say 20, 2007, um, I was still living with my parents at the time. I had I'd been in and out of their house. I came out to them as kinky, as, as leather. I came out to them, and the first thing they did is throw me out of the house. Yeah. Told me to get lost. This is not appropriate. To quote my mother, what if someone in this neighborhood gets raped? This is the first house the police will come to. And now you have to go register as a sexual deviant. To which, in my head, I was like, okay, where's this office and where can I get a card? Because I would love to be yeah. a card-carrying sexual deviant. But during that time, obviously I, had, I was being kicked out of the house. I had nowhere to go. And it was the leather community that took me in. They were the ones that said, I got a couch for you. I got a spare bedroom. You know, stay as long as you need to. And I... I tried to mini- minimize my impact on anybody, but I, they helped me get back on my feet. Um, they got, they got, a, got jobs. And then as I started to volunteer and help out in the community, people started saying, hey, you look, you're good at this. Why don't we put you in charge of something? Yeah. Oh, they love to do that. And then finally somebody said, hey, how would you like to run something? To which I'm here now. 
and similar to even you, just this weekend I got asked to be a leather judge at a at a nice. conference. And my first thought was, "Some of you, I don't have a leather title." And they're like, "That's fine." Like, really? Okay, yeah, I would love to do it. I'd love to come out and judge a title holder and, and whatnot. Because I I was a title I, well, I wasn't a title holder. I was a contestant. I didn't win, sadly, but I'm gonna try again. And but the leather community has given me the skills to be public speaking, to do event organizing, to which I take to non-kink events as well. And people always ask me, so what experience do you have? And I'm like, well, you probably don't, just know that I've run events before. We don't need to go in the specifics, the specifics but if they ask, this is what I do. And so I'm like, that's cool, you do you. We, my parents and I have patched things up. We, we do talk, but it's not the same as it used to be. But the leather community has always been there for me. They're the ones that come to me and tell me we're proud of what you're doing. We're proud of who you are as a person. And that's what I love. Yeah, I, I think that's a lot of challenge for a lot of people. You know, my kids are grown and raised, and I've done all that. And, you know, when I came out to my 81-year-old mother, I'm sorry, Mom, she's only 80. She didn't have 81 until July. Um, when I came out to her, she was really concerned. And what we do is it started in, it's based in, it is a very sexual lifestyle. Um, but it's not, literally not all about sex. Living this, whether it's kink or leather, that's kind of the, where we all, that basis where we all come in at, and having those conversations with people outside the community, or leather people, uh, our parents, or our families, you know, finding that language. But one of the things you can learn within leather is how to have those conversations and how to have your own agency and stand up for yourself without being victimized for the choices you made about who you are. And I'm really blessed that I get to interact with a lot of people who need to have those conversations and talk about them. And a lot of people really have lost their bio family. And, but in leather, they found a stronger family, a totally imperfect family. But a strong family that's going to be there for you. And I'm glad you found that. So I appreciate to talk to you today. It was great to talk to you too. And uh, yeah, hope you have a wonderful weekend and enjoy the oh, rest of Colorado. I'm going to. I'm going to. I, I've made a couple of bids on the silent auction, and I'm really excited about that. And I'm looking forward to hearing the podcast, and I'm going to become a regular listener now. So. Well, thank you. We we'll get you to Dallas so you can talk to some more folks because we have a lot of really fun folks down there too. So I just got back from DFW Dungeon a few weeks ago, so I was what were you doing at the Dungeon? Just playing general stuff, but I was in town. I may be in town again in October. So okay. I, I have been trying to get into the Dallas kink education scene, but I have yet to get a call back from anyone. Hi, I'm so. Alice. It's nice to meet you. We could talk. Yes, we can talk. Good. I've actually. Well, had, have you submitted for Beyond Vanilla? I have many okay. times. I have, I happen to be on. I'm, I'm not, I'm not workshops, but I can definitely make a mention of having spent time with you and been a good thing. So sure. yeah. Well, well, thank you, Alice. I appreciate you sitting down and talking with me today. I appreciate it too, and you have a great day. You too. I hope you enjoyed this special episode of Kink in the Chain. Again, if you would like to have us at your event please don't hesitate to message us at podcast at kinkinthechain.com. We would love to come out 
and talk to your attendees and hear their leather stories or whatever stories they want to tell. Again, that email is podcast at kinkinthechain.com. And as always, stay kinky, my friends. Check us out on the web, the web. at kinkinthechain.com. Follow us on Twitter at kinkchainshow. We don't bite unless you ask nice. Have feedback or want to submit a question for a future show? Send your emails to podcast at kinkinthechain.com.